My favorite part right here when white folks come back and find out ex niggas done stole it. This is a message to the black man in America from Elijah Muhammad, the messenger of a lot to whom praise is due forever. It ain't a rhyme, it's a lyrical sages letter. I got a mind and it's ticking like a time bomb, hitting every nigga in the head with Islam. And I'm kicking backs to the blacks in the projects. Yo, I got a sword in my hand for the rednecks. Damn the KKK. Your cross burning peck of woods wearing a hood. Yo, we don't play. Go get your buddies and your white sheets fixed with a badge and a gun. 25 cars keep, son. The only weapon that I carry is the truth about the government's plot to destroy black youth. The devil is the Mac using you to kill a black brother in the dope game, slinging cocaine and crack. But if you're too damn blind, deaf, and dumb to understand where I'm coming from, we're the M E double S A G E to the black man, A N D, his enemy. The color man is the other man who took the brother man from the motherland, got him fighting one another and took our names from us. And our language plus lost the religion, the cult to the god of us, the enemy. Yo, he had to deceive us with a blind head, blue eyed beggar with Jesus to make us permanent slaves. But Lazarus must be raised up to bust and plus to crush the devil who put us all in a fine mess. Gave us a fake god and fed us wine flesh. You made us call you master, you bastard. Put us in your church and gave us your pastor saying we shall overcome. But none overcame, ain't a damn thing changed and you still got a slave name. Your brain is trained in the pain of a sick man. Begging a rich man, sinking like quicksand. Cause Babylon the great is falling and calling us all in. But you don't want to get involved in America's evil. Wicked way of life and separate from the goddamn white man. Damn Uncle Sam better know as the color man. Read the final call, fall of America. And I will say up as a ride with the plan from God himself. Call message to the black man. Man. The follow-up paradigm Hitting every nigga in the head 
justice, equality and independence to all African descendants who came here in the year 1555 and lost 600 million lives on a ship from Africa to North America. Study the man's character, then listen to the messenger, the honorable Elijah Muhammad. Drop the supreme wisdom atomic bomb, but you ridiculed and rejected him. Very few of you niggas accepted him. You love to argue, but hate to listen. You condemn the Muslims, but you ain't a Christian. Well, what is a Christian? One who is Christ-like, not one that eats the pig and smokes the pipe, right? Adulterous, fornicators and hypocrites saying God's a ghost who had sex with an innocent white woman, but Jesus is black. So why the hell are you waiting for a white man to come back? Look inside the book of Revelations, hard chapter one, giving a description of the true and living black God. Damn, Uncle Sam, better know as the colored man, read the final call, fall of America. And I will say death has arrived with the plan from God himself, called message to the black man. Assalamu alaikum family let me know if you all can hear me let me know if you all can hear me we got a power call this morning welcome to your power call thank you all for tuning in on zoom that means you are a part of the power call community and those of you all who are still on facebook and youtube shout out to you all as well if you guys would like to come inside of the power call community you can go to www.thepowercall.net. It is free. You can check out the replays. You can create profiles, build with each other, etc. So today uh, we have a special guest as I share with you all. Uh, brother, student minister, Abdul Muhammad out of Chicago. Um, great brother. Uh, the first time I think I seen one of his lectures, which one was it? I think it was the one on pork. Um, so if y'all haven't seen that, make sure y'all go check out that brother Abdul Muhammad on pork. And I believe he did one on how to eat to live where he put the food inside of a bag and he had the brothers and sisters, I think, smell it. And he's the one who did, uh, he talked about Valentine's Day talked about the image of Master Father Muhammad. So he got some unique ways that he teach. If y'all like Brother Willie, I think you will also enjoy Brother Abdul Muhammad because he, uh, being a principal of a school, knows how to speak in a way to get the average person to understand. It's not just giving you the fact. He know how to paint the picture to get you to understand what the teachings is actually saying. So I enjoy... Uh, the brothers lectures uh, they are on YouTube if you guys want to check them out and I believe they have the ones that he's done on uh, at Mosmerium at media.noi.org as well he's going to be doing a presentation today let me see if he's here you here brother brother Abdul okay yeah, I see him yes, sir. I mean I see him coming off the mic but I don't see your your, your what's the name but he's going to be doing a a, a presentation today um, and then we're going to dialogue if you guys have any questions at the end of this. As as the picture says here, let me show y'all. It says Black Chicago school principal fired 
for what? Now, I've been uh, out and invited to uh, do a BAM uh, by Brother Abdul, you know, with the children. A lot of the children was 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 uh, had a relationship with him. You can tell. You can tell he just ain't that mean principal. He's building a relationship with him. So I have uh, done a youth event with him in Chicago. But today we're going to get some details about what took place in Chicago with him actually being fired and put this out there. If you guys have not seen any of the other interviews, just type in his name with, with Chicago principal and look at a lot of the other interviews that have taken place as well. Somebody said, brother Ben ain't live and clear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Live, live and in the mix. Yeah. Come on, join the power call pop, the, 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 the premium community, but we're going to go ahead and pass it over so he can have as much time as possible I do want us to be able to hear it and then give feedback at the end or ask questions uh, so that we can get this story out there more. So, Brother Abdul, let me make sure I'm sharing my screen on the YouTube. Okay, we now should be able to hear you and see you. Okay, assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam. How you doing, my brother? Fine by Allah's grace yourself. Oh, I'm doing fine by Allah's grace. I want to, first of all, uh, thank you for having me on your call this morning. And I thank all of your uh, viewers uh, on the Power Call for joining us this morning for this mighty call. So, brother, uh, I want to say this just at the outset, and I'll say it all throughout, that uh, you all can visit the website, justiceforabdulmuhammad.com, in order to get more information uh, about what's going on. So that website, again, is justiceforabdulmuhammad.com. So, brother Ben, you're going to have to help me, brother, because uh, as far as sharing the pr presentation on Zoom, I'm going to need some help with that. Uh, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm in the uh, share screen. Is there something I need to click on? So, um, yeah, when you hit share screen, that green button, and then mm -hmm. once, once it shares, it should tell you, it should ask you where you, what, what do you want to share? Oh, I see. I got it. I got it. Yes, sir. Thank you. That's all I needed. Okay. And I just put the website in the link for you guys, justiceforabdulmohammed.com. Y'all click on that. Okay. So let me see how I can do this. So, brother, I, I'll start by saying that, um, you know, I have been an educator uh, for almost 30 years in the city of Chicago. I was at Muhammad University of Islam for four years uh, here in the city of Chicago. And uh, I was in Chicago public schools for 25 years. So my entire adult life, since I graduated from college, I went to Southern University uh, HBCU in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and my entire adult life uh, has been dedicated to the education of Black children. So, um, you know, and when you are working to free the minds of your people, then, of course, there are people who are going to be opposed to that work, and that is what we're dealing with today. So can you all see that um, yes, on your screens? Yes, sir. We can see it. Okay. So now I'm, I'm in new territory, Brother Ben, so y'all got to bear with me. I think I think we got it, though. So, um, again, brothers and sisters, I've been in uh, education for 29 years. Twenty five of those years have been in Chicago public schools. Uh, I started out on the west side of Chicago at a school called Westinghouse, which I'll talk more about uh, later. Uh, from there, I transitioned. And anybody who's from Chicago. So so you are here about Chicago, right? You hear about the gangs. You hear about the violence. Uh, you you know, and most of the stuff you hear about is bad, even though it's not all bad. Um, but 
the way that it's presented is as though there's nobody there. There are no people in Chicago that are actually working with our young people, uh, with our people in the communities. And that's absolutely not true. Uh, I'm one of those people. And I work with groups of other people. As Brother Ben said, I brought him in a few years ago uh, when we were doing a citywide uh, program for young men. Uh, and Brother Ben, we put him on the panel and we had all of the young brothers over at my school on the west side. But I started uh, in Chicago public schools uh, at Westinghouse, uh, which is on the west side of Chicago. From there, I transitioned to a school called Chicago Vocational, which is on the east side of Chicago, uh, which I'll talk more about these schools in a minute. Um, then uh, a school called Simeon. Some of you have heard of uh, Jabari Parker, who is one of my former students. He plays in the NBA right now. Uh, Kendrick Nunn was one of my former students at Simeon. Uh, he's also in the NBA uh, right now. So these are some of my former students from Simeon. I transitioned to a school called Percy L. Julian, where I was assistant principal in that school. Uh, from Percy L. Julian, I transitioned to a school called Nancy B. Jefferson, uh, which is the school that is located inside of the juvenile detention center, where all of the young people that are incarcerated in the city of Chicago, they all are incarcerated at Nancy B. Jefferson, which we'll talk more about. Uh, but I was their assistant principal at that school. And from Nancy B. Jefferson, I transitioned to Douglas uh, on the west side of Chicago and then from Douglas to Limbloom. So I'll go more into detail, but I want to start with this quick video um, from the press conference that we had with Attorney Crump on July 6th. Yeah, hold on. People who know me know that I can sometimes have an ego. I thought I was the best principal in Chicago's history. <laughs> Always, you look at my emails, it says most awarded principal, right? It says principal of the number one neighborhood school. I thought I was the best. And me and I met Abdul Muhammad. Yeah. And it didn't occur to me immediately. I'm not playing. Those who know me know it takes a lot to get me to a point where I say I done found someone better than I think I am. <laughs> it occurred to me immediately before I heard from this story every week. He goes. The team is rising. Wow. Every week he goes. Climbing wow. and culture gets transformed wow. from fights every day to peace in the hall. Everywhere he goes. And the thing that Everywhere he goes, graduation rates go up. And the thing that finally hit me about him is why everywhere he goes, you see those things. It dawned upon me that this man loves black children. Okay, so brothers and sisters, I just wanted to share that video. That's Brother Troy LaRavier, who is the president of the Principals Union, who's helping to lead this fight. Uh, against Chicago public schools. And that was at our press conference with uh, attorney Ben Crump. And uh, the brother is 100% correct. Everywhere I've gone in the last 25 years, uh, starting at Westinghouse, when I was at Westinghouse um, High School on the west side of Chicago, uh, I won the Teacher of the Year Award for the city of Chicago. Now, brothers and sisters, uh, this was a great honor. This, But the, the honor that I received uh, was given to me by my students. Uh, the students are the ones that nominated me uh, for this award. And the way the process worked back then, they don't do this anymore, but the way the process worked back then, your students nominate you and your students are the ones 
uh, well, other students, not your students, but other students in the city of Chicago are the ones that select the winner. So the uh, the students at Westinghouse nominated me for the Teacher of the Year Award. And then you had other students in Chicago that uh, read the essay. You had to write an essay. They read your essay, looked at your documentation. And then other students, a panel of students, are the ones that selected a winner. So while I selected the winner, pardon me. So while I was a, a teacher, now brothers and sisters, the uh, and I, I'll show the video later, but I'll say this now. Um, we're talking about the inner city in Chicago. We're talking about schools that uh, look like Cooley High, right? Or some of these other schools that you see uh, when you watch these movies about education. And the reality of what the schools really are is, is far worse than what you see in the movies. So now when I was at Westinghouse, the, I couldn't even teach my class because the students would come by and visit me so much just to show me love. I can't even teach my classes. Uh, the students would tell me when I was at CBS, the students would tell me, Mr. Muhammad, the only reason I'm coming to school is to come to your class. Once your class is over with, I'm going back home. So this is the type of educator that I've been for the last 25 years. So when I won the Teacher of the Year Award, I was invited to City Hall. Uh, I met with the then Mayor Daly. Uh, there's a proclamation that the city uh, put out uh, honoring me as the Teacher of the Year uh, for the city of Chicago. Now, in all of my years, in the 25 years that I've been in Chicago public schools, I've never received any honor from Chicago public schools. All the honor that I've received has been from people outside of Chicago public schools. Uh, and not that I'm working for their honor, I'm just pointing that out because the system in Chicago is a system that does not recognize Black excellence. In fact, it works against Black excellence and Black people. So now, um, when I won that award, brothers and sisters, the uh, Teacher of the Year Award, I received uh, two letters. Uh, one letter uh, was from the then President George Bush uh, congratulating me and thanking me for my work that I've done uh, in education. And uh, the greatest letter that I received, brothers and sisters, was from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, uh, who sent me a letter uh, regarding me winning the uh, Teacher of the Year Award. And I'll just read it real quick. It says, Assalamu alaikum, uh, dear brother Abdul, may this letter find you and your family in the best of health and spirits. I've received, I've received your letter informing me of your receiving the Teacher of the Year Award for the city of Chicago. We feel greatly honored that a follower of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad has been honored in such a way. May Allah continue to bless you to impart knowledge above all, raise the level of character of your, student, of your students by giving them the good example of a righteous teacher and follower of Islam as taught by the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. Please forgive my delay in answering your letter. Best wishes for your continued success. So that was the letter from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, um, brothers and sisters. And the thing that I need everybody to understand is that in all of my 25 years of being a stellar educator in the city of Chicago, I have never hidden the fact that I'm a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I'm not hiding that I'm Abdul Muhammad. I'm not going there with my slave name. And I'll share this real quick. When I first went to Chicago public schools, 
uh, as a young person. This is way back in 1999. And I went on my first job interview. I questioned myself and I said, should I wear a suit and bow tie to this job interview? Because if I wear a suit and bow tie, then they're going to know that I'm a Muslim and they may not hire me because I'm a Muslim. Right. So I had a decision to make. And I said that I have to be true to who I am. I'm Abdul Muhammad every day. So I have to be true to who I am. So I went to that job interview, brothers and sisters, with my suit and bow tie on. And the white assistant principal interviewed me. And when he interviewed me, he was asking me illegal questions in the job interview. He said, so you're a Muslim? This is the job interview. I said, yes, sir. My, I went to uh, Southern University in Baton Rouge. So he's looking at my resume. He said, they have Muslims in Baton Rouge? I said, yes, sir. So brothers and sisters, when I left, I walked out of that job interview and I was saying to myself, man, maybe I shouldn't have worn my suit and a bow tie because this man is in here asking me these questions, right? At that time, I didn't know they was illegal. I walked about five feet from the office and there's a sister coming down the hallway. Her name was Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson stops me and all she sees is what? All she sees is my suit and bow tie. She don't know me. And she says to me, we're going to hire you. We're going to hire you. Shortly thereafter, brothers and sisters, I was hired. So I'm never hiding the fact that I'm Abdul Muhammad. Now, you may say, well, brother, if you're not going to hide the fact that you're Abdul Muhammad, that you're a Muslim, that you're with the nation, then you should expect people to be opposed to you. And you're 100% correct. And if that is what comes with me being who I am, then I'm willing to accept that 100%. But I'm never going to hide the fact that I'm a Muslim. I'm never going to hide the fact that I'm with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and I shouldn't have to. Nobody else has to hide who they're with. If I was with any other religious person, I wouldn't have to hide the fact. If I'm living an alternative lifestyle, I don't have to hide that. If I want to use different pronouns, I don't have to hide that. If nobody else is hiding, why should I have to hide who I am? And this man gave me life. I'm never going to hide it. So whatever consequences accrue from me being true to who I am, I welcome every consequence. I'm not hiding the fact that I'm a Muslim. So there's that. And I've never hidden the fact that I'm a Muslim. And brothers and sisters, the doors of opportunity have not been closed to me because I've never hidden. So doors open all the time. And they open on the fact that I'm a follower of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I'm just telling y'all. So you don't have to hide who you are. You need to be who you are. Accept your own and be yourself. So this is exactly what I did. And this is exactly what I'll continue to do. It doesn't mean that people were not opposed to me. It doesn't mean that. Because I've been opposed since I've been in Chicago public schools. And all I've done for 25 years is transform the lives of black children. I can point to the children whose lives God has blessed me to transform just by my presence in the schools. I can point to them. So 
I'm never hiding the fact that I'm a Muslim. So that's never going to happen, brothers and sisters. So now uh, I won the Teacher of the Year Award. Brother, when you went to the Teacher of the Year Award ceremony, did you wear your suit and bow tie in? Absolutely. You see me. Let me go back in the presentation. I'm with the mayor. That's Mayor Daly. We at City Hall. Uh, and when the moderator who was conducting the ceremony for the Teacher of the Year Award, when he called my name, Mayor Daly was sitting down with his face. They didn't have cell phones back then. He was sitting down with his face down. And the person who was announcing the Teacher of the Year Award and said, we, and whatever he said, we want to honor Abdul Muhammad. Mayor Daly looked up and looked me dead in my face. Because Mayor Daly knows what Abdul Muhammad represents. Then about a week or two later, the mayor invited me to his office for a private meeting. So now, brothers and sisters, I'm not hiding who I am, and I never will, and neither should you. So let's continue. So at uh, when I was at Westinghouse, this is where I won the Teacher of the Year Award uh, for the great work that I did. Uh, with the students in the city of Chicago. And I transitioned from Westinghouse to a school called Chicago Vocational High School. Well, let me go back. Let me let me show this video real quick, brothers and sisters. Uh, this is when I was on the news. This is the night before the ceremony. Uh, I had no, I, I didn't know that I won. I just knew that I was nominated at this time. And the uh, there were 11,000 teachers that were nominated for this award. And out of 11,000 teachers, your brother was one of the winners. I'll play this video real quick. Thank you very much, Susan. This morning, we're taking you to the Academy Awards for teachers. Tonight, Westinghouse Career Academy High School, Abdul Muhammad is up for the highest honor, best teacher. And student Dalisa Miles nominated him and they both join us this morning. And thank you very much for being with us. Congratulations on being nominated. And Dalisa, thank you very much for joining us this morning. And we start off with you, Dalisa. Why did you pick this wonderful teacher to be uh, nominated for this wonderful award? Well, I think Mr. Muhammad for this award because he's a great teacher. Our students learn about history facts every day, all type of things. Queens, Africa, all type of things. Court, we go be and gone, everything that we do. And Mr. Muhammad makes sure that his students learn, and he goes beyond by creating activities that get us interested into wanting to do things, making school fun, and just motivate us. That's awesome. Now, let me ask you this, Abdul. I mean, listening to her, I'm getting chills because, you know, when you see a student motivated and, and excited about learning the way she is, and you're an educator, so that just must make you feel incredible. Tell me about that. Well, it is an incredible feeling because, um, you know, every year when I start the school year at Westinghouse, of course, the students, they come in and they look at me funny. Um, but by the end of the year, the students, they enjoy my class. They love my class. I can't even tell you. What is it because, well, the bow tie, <laughs> I wear a suit every day, so you know, they're like, well, what's this, you know? And by the end of this year, I have students coming back to visit me from years before, so I can hardly even teach my class for the students coming by my room to see how I'm doing. And I just bring excitement, I you know, try to bring creative activities for the students to enjoy. Well, I understand you put a form together for Black History Month. Yes, sir. Right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, every year there are students in the school who rap and um, make up their own songs. So I said, well, why don't you all make a song for Black History Month? So I took them to the studio, we recorded the song, and we did a music video for the song, and we then we showed the video to the students at Westinghouse, and they enjoyed it. We did that for two consecutive years. So now we have um, three songs that we've done total for Black History Month and two music videos that we've done. 
That's wonderful. Donnie, did you get a chance to participate uh, in that project or some other? Tell me about a project that you were participating in. I participated in the innovation program that we did. With, uh, we was in a group with our classroom, and we worked on different types of inventions that will help the society today. Wonderful. So you're hoping that job do wins? Yes. Actually, it's probably Mr. Mohammed to you, right? Mr. Mohammed wins. Tell me a little bit about this competition. I understand there are, are 1,100 teachers that have been nominated, so it's a tough competition. It's a tough competition. It's the Squad Performance Plus Awards, and it's different than any other teacher com competition because the students, they select the finalists, and students also select the winners. So um, 78 high schools out of 85 participated this year. They had a record-breaking number of 1,100 nominations. Out of those 1,100, the students knocked it down to the last 24. Okay. So I was blessed to be in that number of 24, and we'll find out tonight who the winners are. Absolutely. Well, I want to wish you the best of luck very much. much. Thank you. I think you do a wonderful job, and I can just see the incredible enthusiasm that you have for teaching, and I can see what it's done for your students. So I want to thank you both for being here. Thank you very much. much. And again, good luck tonight. Thank you. All right. Are you going to do that tonight, Billy? Yes, I will. All right. Let's hope he wins. <laughs> Okay, uh, brothers and sisters, that was the, uh, the the day before. That was the morning of, pardon me, the morning of the day where I won the Teacher of the Year Award. Uh, and that young lady is a grown woman now. And she's, she loves me today like she loved me then, right? So, and that's the, the case with all of my students. So I want to say this. One of the things that, you know, when you're a teacher, uh, the learning, the students learn, but of course you learn as well. Any teacher if you're a good teacher, you're going to learn from the students that are in front of you. They're going to make you better uh, than what you are. So one of the reasons that God has blessed me, that Allah has blessed me to be a great educator is because of the students that I taught and the way that me teaching them has impacted me. Right. So one day I had a student. I asked my students, I said, well, what can I do uh, to improve my class? And this young lady said that I wish that I learned more about black history. So now, brothers and sisters, when I heard that from that student, that broke my heart because I'm black, first of all. Right. And I'm in the nation of Islam and I have all this knowledge of black history. Right. And I have a student telling me that she wished that she learned more about black history. When I heard that. Something changed inside of me. And I said to myself, I said, I'm never going to have a student tell me that they wish that they learned more about black history. So that so that next year I made a commitment. I said, I'm going to give my students a black history fact every day at the beginning of the class. And brothers and sisters, this was probably the greatest thing of all the things I've done. I've done a lot of great things in education. Of all the things that I've done, giving our students, our black children, the knowledge of self has been the greatest thing that I've done for our children. So uh, that one comment from that student has impacted thousands of students who I've taught over the years. So what I want to do real quick is... Um, I want to play this video because one of the things that, so now I know I'm on the power call with brother Ben, you know, I know y'all see me with the suit and the bow tie and, um, you know, you see me at the mosque, you see me teaching. Right. And there's, there's another side of brother Abdul that you don't see. 
uh, Brother Ben might have got a glimpse when he was at my school um, because I do consider myself uh, the greatest rapper alive. So that's a fact. Right. And I don't know if Brother Ben was there when I challenged the whole room of the young men. I don't know if you were there, Brother Ben. If you were there, you can jump in. And uh, nobody accepted the challenge. Um, uh oh, we that, might have that, to have a uh, brother Abdul versus Coach Combat up in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but one, but so, brothers and sisters, the the reason I say that is because uh, one of the greatest things that I've done is I've given my students a Black History fact. But I also, as I said in that interview when I was on the news, I I take them to the studio to record songs. Back, you know, y'all got to understand this is a little while ago. So going to the studio was a big thing. Now people got studios in their house. Um. So I want to share this and I also shoot and edit a lot of videos. So I have thousands of videos that I've shot with students and edited. And this is just one of them. So I'll share this real quick. And this is just them telling what they feel about learning a black history fact every day. So I'm going to share this video real quick. Oh, my bad, brothers and sisters. Hold on. And the black people I never learned in my life. So they gave me something that people I can look up to and appreciate for being black. I feel that black is black is good in class. Don't get about it. That's that stand from the new you can know who is anything to what black folks did for us to make us become better citizens. That's what I'm feeling about black is black. Black is black is powerful. We learned a lot. We know more about our cultures. Just thinking about the thing that they have done, it helps me to want to reach my goal even more. I learned that we did more than what we expected we did, and that we accomplished more, and that we tried to. And white people do a white people think what we did, and we try to say they did do what we did and stuff like that. And it's important because we need to know more what we did. Okay, brothers, so that was just a quick video of my students giving feedback on learning the Black History Fact. I have, like I said, thousands of videos, or hundreds, let me say, hundreds of videos from um, my years as an educator. 
So let's 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 continue on. So brothers and sisters, um, you know, I was nominated. I, I transitioned from Westinghouse to a school called Chicago Vocational, which is on the east side, right around Mas Marian. Um, and the students say CVS stands for crime, violence and sex. And if you walk into when I walked into CVS, Chicago Vocational High School, uh, bro, this was Cooley High on 10. Right. So, um, you know, but my time there, you know, uh, I was blessed to work to help to transform the school and do a lot of work on behalf of those children. The, the students at CVS love me the same way the students at Westinghouse uh, love me. So in 2004, I was well, I was nominated twice for the Golden Apple Award. The Golden Apple is the highest honor uh, that a teacher can receive in the United States of America. And I was nominated in 2004 and 2007 uh, for the Golden Apple Award for the work that I did at Chicago Vocational High School uh, in teaching. Now, also, brothers and sisters, I always have gone above and beyond as an educator, always gone above and beyond the call of duty. So every museum in the city of Chicago, every museum that is in this city, I have taken black children to that museum. When the King Tut exhibit came to Chicago in 2007, this was the last time King Tut was leaving Egypt, the exhibit, and it was at the Field Museum, I took the students from Chicago Vocational to the King Tut exhibit. Now I know some of y'all asking, but see, did you teach them that the Egyptians were black? You already know, I just said I did a black history fact every day. So you already know that I taught the students that the Egyptians, including King Tut, were black people. So now we did all, they got all this knowledge. And then I learned that the King Tut exhibit is in Chicago at the Field Museum, and this is the last time King Tut's exhibit is leaving Egypt. So I get the black children from the east side of Chicago straight out the hood. I get them and I take them on a field trip to the Field Museum. When we get there, we walk in and the lady says, the black security guard says to me, you're the only black school that came to this exhibit. No other black schools came. That's the first thing. We're walking through the exhibit. Now, I'm now I have a group of students with me, and we're walking through. We don't have a tour guide. I'm the tour guide. So I'm breaking down everything in the exhibit to the children. And so, you know, our children think like when you get around white people, you're not gonna say the truth. So you talk all that black talk at the school, but now we're here in the museum with these white folks. Are you going to talk that black talk? in this museum with these white people and you already know what happened. I was in the museum teaching them the same thing that I taught them in the school. So I got a crowd of students. So now white people are joining the crowd because they want to learn too. Now we get to the end of the King Tut exhibit, right? This is a true story. And I don't know, I wish I would, I didn't know I was going to talk about this, but I wish I would have put it in here. There's a picture of, they, they say it's the new picture of King Tut but it looks like Britney Spears when she shaved all her hair off, right? So I had already taught my students about it when we were at the school. I already showed them the fake picture. And I already showed them how the Egyptians who lived and knew King Tut portrayed King Tut as a black man. So they already got that. So we get to the end of the exhibit. And there's this huge picture that the National Geographic put of this white King Tut. 
And I walk up to the picture and I point to it, but I, I touched it on accident, right? And I say, see, this is what I'm talking about. And the whole damn picture fell down, right? All my students scattered like roaches, right? Because they figured like, man, he's about to get in trouble now. True story. One sister stayed by my side. Everybody else scattered, right? <laughs> so now uh, the lady from the museum like, oh my God, they're destroying the museum. She, you know, she picks the picture up, puts it back on the wall. So then this, this, this white man comes up out of the crowd and he comes to me like he's about to challenge me. So, so now the students ran again, right? And still the only sister that was there before is still standing right there. But brothers and sisters, the white man didn't come to challenge me. The white man came to bear witness to the truth of what I was saying. So, but this, these are the experiences that I gave my students. Every year I took my students to the Black Holocaust Museum in Milwaukee on a coach bus every year. There's a brother, his name is James Cameron. James, you, you all, most of you have seen the picture of the two black men that were lynched in Marion, Indiana. And you see the white man pointing up at him, right? If you've seen that picture, put something in the chat to let me know you saw that picture. It's two black men hanging from a tree and you see the white man looking at the camera and he's pointing up at the two black men. That was in August of 1930 in Marion, Indiana. Now, that was Thomas Smith, I believe. Um, but there was a third person that was supposed to be lynched. His name was James Cameron. There's a documentary that you can get called A Lynching in Marion, where James Cameron talks about what happened to his two friends, Abraham Smith and Thomas Ship, I believe their names were. were. And uh, but he was supposed to be lynched that night with them. Right. But he wasn't lynched because they had been accused of robbing some white people. He said he ain't got nothing to do with it. He ran. He left. So he wasn't lynched. But when he, he couldn't stay in Marion, Indiana, you know that because they was going to try to get him. But he was the third person that was supposed to be lynched. So he moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And when he moved to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, he opened up the Black Holocaust Museum. And guess what? Every year I took my students to the Black Holocaust Museum so that our children in the, in the hood could get the knowledge of who they are, right? So that's something we did every year. Every college fair that took place in the city of Chicago, Mr. Muhammad took them to the college fair. Was it on a school day? No, it was on a Saturday, but I'm so committed to my children that I took them on a Saturday. So this is my commitment to black children, brothers and sisters. So we took them to the field museum. We didn't get kicked out. They, they got the truth. So this is why the students love me the way that they do. They love me to this day because of all the work that I did. Now, one of the things, brothers and sisters, that I did at every school started on the, I've done this for over 20 years, is I would put on battle rap competitions. Like I call myself the greatest rapper alive. This is what I call myself. And I've proven it several times, right? And at every school I've ever been at, I would put on these battle rap competitions. Uh, you all know that uh, this is November and November is Hip Hop History Month. So every year in November, I would put on a battle rap competition. I would get the best rappers in the school and uh, they would rap against each other. You know, this is, of course, you know, battling at this time was big. It's kind of tapered off somewhat, but um, so the battle rap competition 
was also a food drive. So before I got to these schools, they may get five or 10 or 20 cans when they would do a food drive. When I did this battle rap competition and I said to the students, in order to get in the battle rap to see your favorite rapper at the school rap, in order to get in, you got to bring two canned goods to the battle rap, no pork and beans, right? So now, brothers and sisters, we got thousands and thousands of cans because every student at the school wanted to be in the battle rap competition. So I started it when I was uh, on the West side at Westinghouse. Uh, I did it at CBS. I've done it for 20 years. I did it at um, Simeon. I did it at Percy L. Julian. And even when I got to the juvenile detention center, Nancy B. Jefferson, I did it there. And all they do is sit in their cells and rap all day. Um, as well as um, Douglas. So I've done the battle rap competition for over 20 years. So I, I think I have a clip that I want to show you all real quick. No, hold on. Here it is. I'm going to go back to that slide, brothers and sisters. So I'm not going to show this whole clip because the on the second half of it, the brother gets destroyed so bad. I'm just not going to even show his part. So we're going to cut it kind of early, but I am going to show this. So this is a clip from uh, the first battle rap competition, which I did in, um, I want to say 2002. So brothers, that's like 20 years ago. So uh, this was on the West side, but I have videos from all of the battle rap, from my, not all, but most of them that I've done uh, over the years. So I'll show this real quick. I am going to cut it a little early. Um, so this is from the... The ones that I did at Westinghouse on the west side. Yeah, we can't really hear this one. Hey, let me just uh, editorialize this real quick. So uh, this is Westinghouse. This is the black school on the west side, as you can see. Now, brothers and sisters, it wasn't no fights, wasn't no behavior problems, none of that. Uh, and we in a room with, with, uh, with uh, literally hundreds of students in the room. So now, but let me just give y'all some background. The brother who is in this that just got finished rapping, he wasn't supposed to be in the battle rap, but the other guy, his name is Melvin, his competition didn't show up. So you know me in classic fashion, I just asked, does anybody in the crowd want to do what they can do? And so that brother who just rapped came out of the crowd and spit those bars. Now, when this video pans, you're going to see a group of young brothers on the side and they, they were Melvin's friends. And they're going to be like, because they like, they don't even know if he's going to be able to handle this situation. But I'm, we're going to play the video. Kid. Can y'all not hear? Because I see in the chat people said they can't hear. 
Y'all can't hear anything? Yeah, the audio not coming through on the vid uh, uh, on the video. Oh, but it was coming through on the other ones? Yeah, we could hear them uh, pretty good on the other ones. Yeah. 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 So y'all y'all still can't oh it's kind of muffled, you say? You know about bus that you won't fight, guarantee I won't miss. I blow your head in the end, brother. You ain't got no sense. You can't even rap, Claire. What you spit is late. So y'all y'all can hear. Tell me can yeah, oh, we you can, can hear. Yeah, so you, do y'all want can, me? Okay. Yeah, y'all want me to rewind it or no? <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna go back to the beginning. You, now, y'all gotta understand that the brother who came out the crowd was rapping fast because, of course, that was kind of like the, uh, you know, at that time that was popular because Twister was blowing up, right? Okay, so that was the first year. Um, yeah, he took ownership. That's right. Uh, this is this is the next year. Uh, so I'm just gonna play part of this because this was this was a total wash. So I'm gonna play this real quick. Hey, 
Okay, brothers and sisters. Yeah, that was it. That one was a wash right there. So we're gonna we're gonna stop it right there. I apologize for those that couldn't hear it. Um, yeah, brother Ben says sometimes when it's music, it kind of gets muffled. So, but uh, just to show you all, that's my only point of even having this video. Uh, so I would do these battle rap competitions every year. The students would have to bring two canned goods to get in. Over the years, we raised thousands of cans when I was at Chicago Vocational because they had like 2,000 students. And a thousand of them would be in a rap battle. Uh, one year, the uh, Greater Food Depository of Chicago, where we would donate the cans, they brought a truck, but the truck wasn't big enough to get all the cans. So they had to go and get another truck in order to get all of those cans out of the school. So uh, brothers and sisters, this is the work that I've done, always going above and beyond uh, the call of duty. Um, so again, I, I just want to share this real quick. Uh, and I, I'm sharing with you all what I've done as an educator and my 25 years of work on behalf of Black children. I'm giving y'all just some highlights of it, right? So when I was the um, at the school, uh, Nancy B. Jefferson, Nancy B. Jefferson, is a school that is located inside the juvenile detention center. So what that means is that any young person, 17 or under, that gets incarcerated, right? They, that, that do enough crime to get incarcerated, let me say it like that. They are uh, locked up at the juvenile detention center. And there's a school inside, because of course they have a right to an education. There's a school inside the juvenile detention center that school is Nancy B. Jefferson. When I left Julian, I went to Nancy B. Jefferson to be the assistant principal. Uh, and just to briefly touch on Julian, Julian is located on the 103rd Street in Chicago, what in Chicago people call the Wild Hundreds. So you already know when I got to the school, and I'll show these pictures in a minute. When I got to the school, the school was off the chain and um, at Julian. And when we were uh, at Julian, myself and the brothers and sisters I worked with, we transformed that entire school, brothers and sisters, from fights every day, two or three, to literally no fights. We minimized the fights. I'm not going to say it was zero fights, but it was a far cry from what it used to be. When they got out of school, the students would be in the, uh, the in the middle of the street on 103rd fighting one another. By the time I left Julian, the students were getting their book bags and going home. So now I work in Julian to turn the entire school around. Not only did we increase the graduation rate, improve the grades of the students, increase the attendance of the students, all the academics, but we made sure that the students that attended the school were safe. When I got there, you had parents coming up to the school to jump on students. You had people come, people coming out the neighborhood trying to look for a student at the school to jump on. We shut all of that, all of that down. So, uh, brothers and sisters, when 
my last year at Julian, we invited the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to the school and he accepted the invitation. And uh, as you can see, he spoke to the entire school. We put every student in the school in the auditorium with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. When the minister was there, he was backstage and he called me over. He pulled me to the side and he said, uh, Brother Abdul, I can tell that you've been working with them because they're so civilized. So, and he's 100% correct. The duty of a civilized man is to teach civilization to the uncivilized. So in, in, we transformed this black school in the hood. We didn't do it just because the minister, oh, y'all just put on a show for the minister. Absolutely not. Anybody who came to that school was treated with honor and respect. So by the time the minister came, it was already what we, it's just what we had done. The students were used to it. So, and brothers and sisters, this was not without resistance. My first day at the school, there's a brother, he's like six foot three, walking through the hallway, he's got his headphones, he ain't paying attention to nothing. I tapped the brother on the shoulder. I said, brother, you got to take them headphones out. This brother looks down on me and says, man, you don't get the out of my face. So, you know, my collar was just on fire. It's like fire coming out of my neck, right? Uh, so now, but of course, you know, I ain't no punk either. So I didn't just walk in the other direction. So brothers and sisters, I challenged the brother, you know, we dealt with the situation and this brother ended up being my best friend. Right. So in all of those situations where there were challenges, you know, because I'm not afraid those students who challenged me ended up being my best friend. So brothers and sisters, this is the type of leadership that I've exhibited in the last 25 years. So now when I was at Nancy B. Jefferson, uh, the school that's inside the juvenile detention center, I reached out to the producer of a play called Hamilton. I don't know if you've ever seen the Hamilton play, but it's one of the greatest plays that has ever been written. One of the uh, greatest stage plays of all time. If you love rap music, all of you who say you love hip hop, if you need to go see Hamilton, because all it's going to do is uh, nurture your love for hip hop. Hamilton is one of the greatest stage plays that has ever been produced. So now it's in Chicago. I received an email saying 1,900 students in Chicago went to go see Hamilton. I'm at the juvenile detention center. My students are incarcerated. So I say, man, look, I, re I emailed the producer of Hamilton, the Chicago producer. I said, my students are incarcerated. Will you bring the Hamilton play to Nancy B. Jefferson? I worked with that producer for two years. And we brought the Hamilton play to the students of Nancy B. Jefferson. And when we brought the play to the students at Nancy B. Jefferson, the producer pulled me to the side and said, Mr. Muhammad, the, this play has only left the stage twice. Once when we brought it to the White House for Michelle and Barack Obama. And the other time is when we brought it to the students of Nancy B. Jefferson. So this is the work that I've done on behalf of black children in the city of Chicago for the last 25 years. This picture that you see now, this picture was taken March of this year. Why? Why March? Because even though I'm no longer a uh, uh, assistant principal at Nancy B. Jefferson, brothers and sisters, I've been back to Nancy B. Jefferson for those to talk to our incarcerated brothers and sisters 
at least 30 times, maybe 40 times since I've been gone. So this is March of this year when I went to go check in with the students at Nancy B. Jefferson, and they have a display in the lobby. And that display is from when the Hamilton play came to Nancy B. Jefferson. So this is the work that your brother has done in the last 25 years in Chicago public schools. So now, brother, you did all of this great work. You already know that anytime you do a great work, there's going to be great what? There's going to be great opposition to the work that you do. So this is why we want y'all to join the fight. Because the fight is for the minds of our children. I'm on the battlefield for the minds of black children and white people who don't give a damn about black children are attacking me because of the work that I've done on behalf of black children for the last 25 years. So we're going to get to that, but we need y'all to join the fight. You can join that fight at justiceforabdulmuhammad.com. And I want to remind you at no time in my 25 years did I hide the fact that I'm Abdul Muhammad that I'm a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan and that I'm in the Nation of Islam. I'm never hit it and I never will. So let's continue, brothers and sisters, because I want to get to you all's questions. And I got to deal with what's going on, but I got to give y'all background so y'all can understand that these people who are attacking me and by attacking me, attacking us, they're not attacking somebody that's just been sitting in a corner for the last 25 years. They're attacking one of the best educators in the city of Chicago and has transformed every school that I've walked into by the grace of Allah. So let, let's move on. Um, so now this is just some of the uh, things. This is the event that Brother Ben was at. We had Brother Chance, the rapper, was there. Uh, Brother Cowboy was there. And just so y'all can understand, brothers and sisters, you know, I, I knew, of course, I know who Chance was, but I didn't know who Cowboy was. I'm going to just be real. So when I so when they told me, man, we're going to have Cowboy come to the school, I was like, Cowboy? Who is Cowboy? So then I looked him up on YouTube and this brother at that time, this brother's video had like 79 million views. So I said to myself, I must be a lame because I don't know who Cowboy is. Then we went in, me, Chance and Cowboy went into the auditorium with the, with the 300 brothers, right? And every student in the room Knew the lyrics to Cowboy song. So it is what it is, brothers and sisters. But they came to the school. This is when I was on the West Side. Brothers and sisters, this is me and Joaquin Noah at Julian. Now, this, because uh, we did a lot of different things. I work with Joaquin on a lot of different things at the school. Joaquin loves Black people. I'm going to say that. I need y'all to understand. Joaquin Noah loves Black people. When I first got to Julian, he invited the students to the school, to the Bulls game. He said, bring me the 10 worst. I'm telling you what Joaquin Noah told me. I want the 10 worst. We had just had a huge fight at the school. So I had 10. So I had 10 and we had the tickets and we get to the school to get to pick up the students and one of the brothers is, comes to the car smelling like weed. So he had to stay. We couldn't put him in the car. Sorry. You, you had to hit it before you came with us. Now you got to stay. You got to go back home. So now we got the nine. The nine students, we go to the Bulls game. Joe King gave us VIP. We get the VIP entrance, right? We walk in. And one of the one of the people at the VIP entrance is one of my former students just showing me love, right? 
So now we get into the game. We got great seats. The game is done. At the end of the game, Joakim is like, look, I want to meet the students. So y'all just wait for me. He goes, they get changed. They pull in the floor up at the United Center, right? Students waiting. They meeting all the other basketball players. They're excited, right? So then Joakim comes out and he greets the students, takes pictures with them. They're going crazy, right? So then he's like, man, so he asked me, he's like, man, well, what's going on with them? Because he asked for the 10 words. I said, well, hey, they just had a fight yesterday, right? So Joakim is like, he gets the two brothers that was the leaders, because they're just them fighting one-on-one. -on -one. They don't go like that. It's them and they people. So Joakim takes a picture with both of them. He's in the middle. And he's like, man, y'all cut that out at the school. And that's all he's saying. And the next day, them brothers were friends. I'm just showing you the power of black celebrities if they got their mind right. So, brothers and sisters, this picture was also this picture that I'm showing y'all right now was the day that the Honorable Minister Lewis Farkas, right before 10, 10, 15. So the minister, this same day that this picture was taken, the minister was speaking at the Salam restaurant with all the people in Chicago. And right after this picture was taken, Joakim Noah pulled me to the side. Now he's a star basketball player. Joakim Noah pulls me to the side. And he's like, man, do, do you think do you think I can come to the banquet, the dinner tonight with the minister? I'm like, brother, yes, sir. You could be my special guest. So if you see the picture of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan with Joakim Noah and Minister Ishmael Muhammad, that is the after picture. Right. This is the before picture, because this was that same day that he was at my school. So let's continue on, brothers and sisters. So uh, this is just some of the work that I've done in the last 25 years. And this is why I'm being attacked by these white people who hate black children. Uh, this is me and a brother in Chicago named Corporate. Corporate is, a, is my man, my friend, my brother. I've been working with corporate for the last nine years, maybe maybe longer, right? When corporate first started, right? Corporate is a, is a bona fide celebrity now. But when corporate first started, he was still working at the post office. We've been working together since then, bringing them to the schools, engaging with the students, Right now, corporate is on a whole nother level. Uh, when I first started working with corporate, most of the students didn't know who he was. We put on an event about two years ago. We had about 700 children at Muhammad University. And I asked, and corporate was our special guest. And I said, raise your hand if you know who corporate is. Every hand in the room went up. And that's corporate spelled with a K. So these are some of the brothers uh, that I work with. Uh, Brother Jay Prince came to Chicago. He came to Chicago. He was in the FOI class and uh, he came to visit. And I saw him. I said, brother, uh, this was a Monday. I said, brother, will you come speak to the students at the juvenile detention center? That was a Monday. Tuesday, he was in the juvenile detention center. This is the picture right here. The brother in the middle is the brother that's over the entire facility. A brother who loves me to this day because of the work that I did on behalf of those children uh, in the juvenile detention center. So, uh, brothers and sisters, I'm sharing with you all some of the work that I've done. Uh, and I'm trying to get to the part where we want y'all to join in this fight. So I'm going to kind of go through it real quick. And then we want to go for questions. So real quick, brothers and sisters, my last, not my last school, but the school that I was at on the west side, Douglas High School, where I was the principal. I, and I transformed Douglas. Again, this is a school on the west side, neglected by Chicago, low attendance, fights every day, students having sex in the bathroom, people coming to the school, jumping on students. 
your brother eliminated all of that. Now, if you look at this chart that I'm showing y'all, I just want to show y'all how God has blessed me, how Allah has blessed me to transform every school that I've walked into. Uh, in at Douglas, the as you can see from the time that I was there, this is the what is called a freshman on track. This is the number of freshmen that are passing all of their classes. So uh, the time that I was there, brothers and sisters, from 2015 um, to 2020, as you can see, we raised the freshman on track rate every year uh, from 65 percent. We brought it all the way up, as you can see, in 2018 and 2019 uh, to 100 percent. Uh, 2019, 2021 are not there because those were COVID years. So let's let's go on real quick. Uh, this here is the graduation rate for the last, uh, from 2008 to 2021. Now, brothers and sisters, uh, when I got there uh, in 2017, the graduation rate was 61%, as you can see. We brought it up to 75%. Uh, and then eventually in 2021, as you can see, to 82 percent, uh, which is the district average. And I'm only sharing this, brothers and sisters, because this shows you the transformational work that I've done. So now what happened? Right. So and why we want you to get on this website, justiceforabdulmuhammad.com and share this story with as many people as you can. So although I've done this mighty work for the last 25 years, every time I work on behalf of our children, White people who hate black children but are in front of black children have worked to oppose me. Brother, when you were at the juvenile detention center, did the white teachers there who saw your great work, did they oppose you? Absolutely. When I was at the juvenile detention center, the, the white teachers and some black ones, unfortunately, they were mad at the fact that I'm a Muslim, right? So, and I, I'm gonna pause and go back to the juvenile detention center. In 2016, Chicago Public Schools did an investigation of me in 2016 because of lies that white teachers at Nancy B. Jefferson told them. What did they tell them? They told them that uh, I was telling the students not to marry white people, right? Just insane stuff. Uh, that I was telling them to hate Jews and whites and all this crazy stuff. This is what they told the, the, the uh, inspector general, right? So brothers and sisters, in 2016, these white teachers, and now, now y'all gotta understand, I need y'all to understand how uh, corrupt these people are. We're in a place where there's children that have committed murder. When I first got to Nancy B. Jefferson, I met a student named Michael. He was reading the autobiography of Malcolm X. He sees me in my suit and my bow tie. He wrote me a letter and he said, I wanna join the nation and change my name to Michael X. This is what the student told me. This is the first day I was at this place. So now, but what? But I didn't know what Michael did to get locked up. Michael and his accomplice, who was also there, who also loved me, they robbed a cab driver, shot him in the back of the head and robbed him. So now you mean to tell me that when I was at Nancy B. Jefferson, brothers and sisters, I would I did what the minister said he did when he was in 
bought when he was in New York. He said he would leave his office every day and go out on the street. And when he would go out on the street of Harlem, he would shake the hands of the heroin addicts. So what I did when I was at Nancy B. Jefferson, I would leave my office every day and I would shake every brother's hand. Now we're talking about a school inside of a jail and it's 85% black boys. 85% black boys, right? We're in jail. I got to go through two line scans just to get into the school because it is a jail, right? I would shake every brother's hand every day and talk to them. I will go up in their cells and talk to them. When I got ready to do the, 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 the battle rap competition at Nancy B. Jefferson, which I did, I went to their cells and talked to them and told them what I was trying to do, right? So now, because I built these strong relationships with these brothers, this was the first time that they could put all the, the brothers from the various gangs the BDs, the GDs, the Vice Lords, the Four Corner Hustlers, the Black Souls, the Latin Kings, the EBKs. The first time they could put them in a room together and it not be a fight. Now, you would think that if you care about Black children and you see a man coming in doing that type of work, that you would just leave that man alone and let him do his work. Absolutely not. So a group of white teachers and some black ones, when I was at Nancy B. Jefferson, they told, they lied to the inspector general because in Chicago, you can just fill out a complaint and be anonymous. And they told all these lies, right, on me. What did they lie about? They said that, uh, you know, uh, I, and th what they were trying to say is I was proselytizing. But what you have to understand, brothers in the detention center some of them are Mo's and they consider themselves Muslims. So if you're a Muslim and you see me, they, they Mo's, right? They see me, I'm in my suit, my bow tie. They say, assalamu alaikum. I'm not going to say, oh, well, it's a white person standing there. I can't say, walaikum salam. No, I say, walaikum salam. So these white people wrote down, he said, walaikum salam. I'm not making this up. I wore my lapel pin, my Nation of Islam lapel pin, and they sent an uh, investigator he wears a lapel pin. That's like me saying if I saw a person with a cross on and I started to investigate them because they're wearing a cross or somebody said Merry Christmas and then you said Merry Christmas back and then I investigated you because you said Merry Christmas. It's insanity. But this is the level of hatred that these people have, not for me. This is the, it is for me, but this is the level of hatred that they have for black children, but they're in front of black children. So now the, the OIG investigated me for a year. I didn't even know I was being investigated. They investigated me for a year when I was at Nancy B. Jefferson and they found out that I didn't do any of these things that these white people said I did. So the white people just lied, but they could lie anonymously and I was under investigation. So now, they lied and said, what other lie? You know, brothers, I, I can't make this up. They said one white, she was a substitute teacher. She lied and said, I came in the room while she was teaching, told her to sit down, right? And then I just started to talk to the students about the Nation of Islam. 
It's just insanity. What else did they say? They said that I took the students on the internet and showed them videos about the nation of Islam. Now, brothers and sisters, we're in jail. We're in jail. There ain't no, there's no internet in jail. You can't just jump on a computer and get on the internet. Now, the, the common space in the facility is the library. And there are computers in the library, right? But the library has cameras in there all the time. So you don't have, people who are incarcerated don't have free access to the internet, right? The internet is blocked, right? You understand what I'm saying? But these people were so hateful of the good work that I was doing that they made up any lie they could uh, to use against me when I was at Nancy B. Jefferson. So now, brothers and sisters, when I went through that experience of being investigated the first time and these lies were told on me, I didn't fight at that time. I just wanted the investigation to be over. I didn't want to. I, I just wanted it to be over. So now. That brings me to this new situation, right? When I got to this school called Limbloom, which is one of the best schools, top schools in the city of Chicago. And when I got, I was nominated to be the principal here. I was in a process and out of 11 candidates, there were two candidates that were chosen to be the finalists, myself, as well as another black woman candidate. The black sister dropped out of the, uh, the race to be the principal uh, the night of the forum, which was June 15th of last year of 2022. So the principal forum is a public forum where you come and you say what you're going to do, your vision, you answer questions. So when I get to the forum on June uh, 15th of 2022, the moderator, her name is Ms. Wheatley, tells me, well, you know, the other person dropped out. You're the only one. So now, uh, brothers and sisters, I went ahead and did that two hour forum. And when I did that two hour forum, I answered every question. And at the end, they never announced me as the principal of Limbloom, even though I was the only candidate. Now, the Ms. Wheatley came to me at the end and said, well, there's something going on. We'll reach out to you and let you know. I knew exactly what was going on. I didn't know the details. I know the details now. But I knew that because Abdul Muhammad was the final candidate, the Chicago Public Schools was going to have a problem with Abdul Muhammad because they've been working against me all of this time. So I knew that when she said there's a problem, I knew what the problem was. Come to find out that when the officials in Chicago Public Schools found out that I was the final candidate and the only candidate, they started to call the local school councils who are the people that hired the principal. They started to call them and say, we want to start the process over again. You can't go with Abdul Muhammad. You need to get new candidates, right? So now they called and they did all of this underhanded stuff. The, the black LSC members stood strong on their choice of Abdul Muhammad as their candidate. So Chicago Public Schools, even though they were trying to resist me, they finally relented. Um, and I became the principal of Limbloom. When I became the principal of Limbloom, now Limbloom is ranked number eight in the city and number 22 in the state. So it's one of the top schools in Chicago. The uh, absolute, these are Karen's and Ken's 
Uh, but these are the people that are that are in front of our children. So now the uh, so once I got in the school, brothers and sisters, Chicago public schools developed a new strategy and their new strategy was to undermine my leadership so that I would be removed from the school based on something that they claim that I did. The way that they did that was they used these seven white teachers and one black clerk. They used them to concoct over 83 false claims against me uh, and things that they claimed that I did that I can prove in no limit of time that I didn't do. Um, but they used these seven white teachers that came up with 83 false claims along with a black clerk, along with a, uh, my network chief, his name is, who's my direct supervisor. His name is Devon LaRosa and other people. Uh, there's a lady that works in the Chicago office downtown named um, Kinshasa Williams Ford. All of these people were working every day to remove me from the school with lies and falsehood. So, um, I want to, I'll go into a couple of these lies. Like, uh, let me go back. I'm sorry. Real quick. Um, so the lady in the middle, her name is Christina Davis. Uh, Christina Davis, and I'll show you all a video about her in just a second. Uh, but she was the athletic director at Limbloom. And when I got there, I found out that she was uh, still in the money, not turning in money from the football games. So when I found out she wasn't turning the money in, of course, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm real brothers and sisters. I confronted her. I confronted her and I confronted the black clerk who was responsible for taking the money. Whenever there's a fundraiser, the money's supposed to be turned in 24 hours after the fundraiser. Uh, we had a huge homecoming football game with hundreds of people there and there was no financial report that was turned in. So when I confronted Ms. Davis and the clerk about the financial report, they just made up a report, right? And said, well, this is what was raised. But the number of the amount of money that they said that of tickets we sold did not match the number of people that I saw in the stands. So, but I didn't have any concrete evidence to say that money was being misappropriated. So the homecoming game was the fifth game of the season. So now I said, well, Where's the money from the other four games? But before I confronted them this time, I went and got the actual facts. So I went to the Chicago Public School Stadium director and got the official stadium report that shows how much money was collected at that game. When I got the actual facts, so now they can't lie because I know money was collected and no money was turned in. So I brought Miss Davis. I did what we're taught. I went to the people that I had the problem with and confronted them. I brought Miss Davis. And the black clerk, what's it, uh, Miss McDaniel, in my office. And I said, where's the money from the previous football games? And they both looked me dead in my face and said, there is no money. So then I pulled out two stadium reports and gave each one of them a copy. And I said, where's the money from the football game? The black clerk, she didn't say nothing because she knew she was busted. Laconda McDaniel. Miss Davis said, oh, no, uh, uh, that's my money. See, I brought money for change, so that's my money. I said, you brought money for change. I said, Ms. Davis, that's, I mean, Ms. Davis, that's not how it works. Uh, you got to turn in the money uh, of the tickets that you sold. No, that's my money. I brought money for change. That's my money. How you going to make me turn in my money? I'm not making this up. This is what this woman said to me. I said, Ms. Davis, if you sell one ticket for $5, 
the $5 has to be turned in to the school. She left my office saying that that's her money. She emailed now, now brothers and sisters with me. Like, like, I'm not telling you how I feel. All these white people loud on me and I just feel like that. No, no, no. I'm telling you what I can prove with actual facts and documentation. I got the email from Ms. Davis where she admits that she did not turn the money in. I have all records and actual facts on everything that I'm talking about. So, but these are the lies that these people told. So this lady, Ms. Davis, because she was trying to steal from black people, she wasn't the only one. There were two other teachers that had thousands of dollars of black folks' money, not hundreds, thousands of dollars of black folks' money in their personal bank accounts. And when I came, the party was over. And so the white teachers who did not want to be held accountable, they sold over 83 lives to Chicago public schools. And Chicago public schools went with it because they didn't want Abdul Muhammad there in the first place. So now, brothers and sisters, um, I want to I want to kind of wrap this up so we can get to any questions that y'all might have. But I want to just finish this presentation real quick. So let's do that. So these are the seven white teachers that told these lies. Uh, this guy in the bottom corner, Ian Brandigan, he lied to the law department and said that on December 22nd of 2022, uh, I came to work late. December 22nd was the first snowstorm of last year. So he lied and said, I came to work late. And that when the school was trying to organize the students, I didn't do anything to help the students. Anybody who knows me know that's a lie. Uh, but now, but now, if, and I want to ask you all this, if you wanted to know as an investigator whether or not somebody came to work late, what would you do to be able to prove whether or not they came to work late? Can y'all put that in the chat for me? Okay, I see Brother Wesley. You're right, Brother Wesley. Uh, right, exactly. You can look at every, everything that y'all saying. Exactly, exactly. Look at the camera. You can look at the time swipe. You can look at the time. Okay. So now, do you think that Chicago Public Schools, the investigative team, actually look and see on December 22nd if I came to work late? Absolutely not, because they went with the I'm white and I say so. They took everything, every lie that these white teachers told, they took every lie and did not fact check one. They just believed them because they were white. So now... uh. So, you know, since they didn't look at the time swipe, I looked at the time swipe. And on December 22nd, 2022, and, uh, you know, I got actual facts for everything. The I, I swiped in at 746 on December 22nd. Mr. Brannigan swiped in at 747 on December 22nd. So now the CPS law department did not investigate any of the false claims of these seven white teachers. But let's go to the real reason, brothers and sisters. I'm going to show a few more videos, then we're going to open up for questions. So the root of all of this is right here. Now, if you can see this, this is a, a Lindblom teacher Facebook chat. This I wasn't even at the school. This is before I even got to the school, right? I wasn't even at the school, and they're in a Facebook chat talking about my religion. Uh, listen to this. This is from the clerk at the school. He's in a chat with Lindblom teachers. The informant, that sounds like some COINTELPRO type stuff. The informant also said, if you don't look or act like him, talking about me, he will give them a hard time. They did not elaborate, but I took it to say, if you're white or gay, watch out. 
they are struggling on to say something. And the person told me they could not hold it anymore. And that is why they call. He will be voted. He will be voted with the contract. No one wants to go through this process again. Keep in mind, he belonged to the church, Nation of Islam. I really hope everyone is wrong. Happy Father's Day. Then somebody says, what, what's his religion got to do with it? Look at Nation of Islam. Look up. They hate Jews, whites, and gays. So brothers and sisters, this is the root of their opposition is because I'm a member of the Nation of Islam. Yeah, and can't spell, you right. But I'm not gonna hide that. So, so again, brothers and sisters, you had these seven white teachers and one black clerk that told over 83 lies. So now I wanna just show this clip real quick because I need you to understand the audacity of these people. So this is a, a, a parent who had a meeting with Christina Davis. This is the athletic director that was stealing money from the school. Uh, I'm gonna play this video and then we're gonna talk about it. Then we're gonna move on so we can wrap up and go to questions. Yeah, well, speaking of Christina Davis, like I mentioned, my son plays basketball, and, and they had a and so he, he, he's one of the captains, if not the captain of the JV team, and he, he's on the varsity team as well as a sophomore. And so I'm a pretty active dad, which is how she talked, called me. Because called me. She, she knows me through his bat, my basketball involvement through my son. She says to me, oh, and in fact, I'm one of the people who is the ringleader of this whole teacher opposition that uh, is president is the principal now. And I'm thinking to myself, how bold and, and audacious are you to just say that to me? Like, why? Why? Why would you think that that's a good thing? And I, and, I, and again, I'm attempting to be as gracious and as diplomatic as I possibly can. And, and, and I end up ending out the meeting just to make a, a suggestion to her, to recommendation, say, hey, look, I believe, I know you're committed to getting the principal out of this position, but what I would suggest to you is that you attempt to work with it because he's going to be the principal for as long as, even if he's the principal for another day. That's a whole other day that he gets to do with our children, he gets to do with you. So my, my request of you is that you work with him. And if there are a list of issues that you have with them and that other teachers have with them, make a list of those issues and go to him and say, hey, look, here are the issues. We're your partners. You may think or feel however we do, but we're here to have these issues be resolved despite whatever our thoughts and feelings are. And she, that after the season was over, there was uh, uh, that some of the parents wanted to put on a banquet to celebrate the basketball players for having such a successful season. And the woman who was leading this, coordinating this effort, uh, she comes to me and she says, well, you know, I'm, I'm attempting to put this banquet on. I'm attempting to work with Ms. Davis, but I'm not sure why I'm getting all of the pushback and the resistance I am to wanting to have it where I want to have it and having the parents be involved. And she told me that you couldn't raise money from the parents. Like, None of that sounds right. So I ended up going to Christopher Muhammad asking him, were any of these things that she was saying, true or active, but we couldn't raise money for the event, we couldn't have it off-site. And he says, well, no, that's not true at all. And the more I started to talk to the person who was uh, coordinating this event, the more I started to see that this woman, uh, Miss Davis, was uh, two things. It's based on some of the things she was saying, uh, not attempting, and, and this, this dovetails back into something that she said 
during our meeting. And it was something to the effect of that it's very hard to even do the things that we would have been doing before because we don't want this principal to have uh, anything that he can point to and say, I did that. And she didn't say it exactly this way. That, the last part of it, the way she actually said it, we don't, we, it's hard for us to do any of the things that we've done before because we don't want this principal to be able to point to our efforts and say, oh, I did that. Which to me is just sad. You don't want this principal to have any wins during his administration. And a lot of the resistance that this woman with uh, this other basketball mom was, was saying reminded me of what she had said some months prior. Like, oh, it seems to me she's, she's trying to intentionally squelch any possibility of, of a win. Okay, now, brothers and sisters, I need you all to just imagine a Black teacher in a white school who didn't like the principal of the white school that the white people elected, right? And that black teacher telling a white parent that I'm the ringleader of the opposition against the white principal. Or if you're in a Hispanic community and you just two or three black teachers in a Hispanic community and one says to a Hispanic parent that they would actually pull this parent over to the side and say to the Hispanic parent that they're the ringleader of opposition against the Hispanic principle. I need y'all to understand the dynamic of Limbloom. Limbloom is a school that's never had a black principal since the school reopened. The school reopened in 2005, and they've only had white principals since 2005, white male principals since 2005. So I'm the first black principal at the school since the school reopened. Would, if you went to a Latino community and they have a, a school full of Latino children and they never had a Latino principal before and they finally get a Latino principal and two or three black teachers don't like the Latino principal, do you think they would stand to the side and let those two or three black teachers remove the Latino, man, you, you already know that wouldn't happen. We're the only ones that will sit on the side and allow white people who don't live in our neighborhood, don't care about our neighborhood, we'll allow them to come in our neighborhood and dictate to us who's going to be the leader in our community. Brothers and sisters, I'm not trying to force my, myself into a place where I'm not wanted. The black LSC selected me as the principal. I was voted in. I went through the process. I did everything I was supposed to do. I was voted in. The white teachers were angry because a black man came in this school holding them accountable for what they're supposed to be doing for black children. And the white teachers, along with the people, the officials in Chicago public schools, worked together to remove me from the school based on false charges. No, and, and not false because I feel like they're false. False because I can prove that they're false in no limit of time. CPS knows they're lying. These teachers know they're lying. Uh, but what they want to do is try to cover it up. This is why we want y'all to join the fight. JusticeForAbdulMuhammad.com. We want y'all to share this story. We want y'all to sign the petition. If you can make a donation, 
There's a there's a, a, a GoFundMe to make a donation, but we can't allow those who don't live in our communities to come in our communities and dictate who is going to be the principal in a black school. Brothers and sisters, the school is in Inglewood in Chicago. That's a black neighborhood. It's in a black, it's in the hood. It's in the black community. So now uh, we can't allow them to uh, dictate what's going on in our community. So brothers and sisters, I want to get to questions. So now uh, you, you may say, have you have you done anything to expose this? Absolutely. So one thing, brothers and sisters, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to lay down. That I'm not going to do. Most principals who go through this kind of stuff, who are targeted, they don't fight back. They just go on and do something else. But I'm just not that person. I'm not going to allow these people to lie on me and I, and, I, and I don't do anything to clear my name, that's not going to happen. I worked for 25 years to build my reputation. I'm not going to allow you, because you are racist, to try to destroy my reputation. I'm not going to allow it, because you don't like Muslims. That's your problem. That's not my problem. So now, uh, the brother who's over the principal's union went to the Board of Education. The Board of Education is complicit because they know because the brother went. So when he went to expose what was going on, I'm going to show I'm going to play this video so y'all can see because it's a cover up. And what we need from you all is to help expose the cover up. So we want to blast this all on social media. We want to put it on Mayor Brandon Johnson's uh, Twitter page. We want to blast what's going on in Chicago and the removal of black principles. We want to put it on social media. Now, they trying to cover it up. Let me show you this video real quick. The brother is going to explain that I've been lied on with a bogus uh, report full of false claims. And this is what happens. Good morning, beautiful people. I am here because of the deep and profound corruption and incompetence of Kelly Tarrant and the CPS Law Department during the investigations of several principals, including Abdul Muhammad, Troy. I ask that you not make defamatory statements. I won't. State your case. I won't. But don't make defamatory statements. Defamatory means false. Especially when you're naming Defamatory means false. Everything I say is provable, documented. Fine. We'll review your, your material, you. but there's no need. Meaning Abdul Muhammad of Limbloom and Gerald Merle of Dunbar. I speak with regret and empathy for the offenders, their colleagues and families, and for the people they've hurt. One of Tarant's star witnesses against Muhammad is Christina Davis for whom there's documented evidence that she put school fundraising money in her personal bank account. I, I had no intention of returning it and was assigned in these I don't by the of Maine, LaConda McDaniel, who failed to turn in financial reports as athletic director. I asked that you Davis has 37 coaches out of her clients. She failed to accompany students to a practice facility that she, without the principal's knowledge or permission, authorized students to go to. Failed to document at least four student injuries at that accusations and lied to a federal right. CPS sports administration about these unauthorized practices, practices that students had Please to pay for, which, by the way, which is against CPS policy. Please conclude your Durant also concluded that on December 22nd, the day of a major snowstorm, Abdul Muhammad arrived to school at after 8 a.m. and did nothing to help organize students and staff. This finding was reached based on the testimony of the CTU member, Ian Branning. Now I was on a Zoom last night with more than 100 Limbloom teachers. And I asked, excuse me, Limbloom stakeholders, 
and I asked them what they would do to fact check this claim that Muhammad has showed I, up late I, to school. I, please. That uh, Muhammad has I showed up Troy late to school. Troy, I have Despite to cut you off. Despite having no professional I have, experience. I have to cut you off. These parents said, all you have to do is check the time clock. Please respect. And I ask security to escort you out, please. Leave me no other choice but to escort you out. Please. You leave me no other choice. I didn't want to have to do this, Troy. I didn't want, I wanted to hear you out. I didn't have, I didn't want you to be defaming individuals. You can state your case. You just, you just refer to our staff as corrupt. You refer to our staff as corrupt. That's defamation. That's defamation. Refer to our staff as corrupt. I am sorry that it ends this way, Troy. I, I am sorry. No, 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 no. Please, please, no, no force. No, we don't. We don't want to use. Okay, brothers and sisters. So now that's the hypocrisy of the board of education because they can defame me all day and night and run my name through the mud. But once the brother shows up to tell the truth, now all of a sudden, oh, you can't defame anybody. You can't oh, come on, man, please. So now, brothers and sisters, uh, again, I want you all, if you're on your phone, open up another tab. You're on your computer. Open up another tab. Go right now on justiceforabdulmuhammad.com and sign the petition. And I'll say this on, on the change.org petition. They ask you to make a donation, but that's not the donation that we want y'all to make. Because that donation does not support this cause. That donation goes straight to change.org. If you want to support this cause, go to the GoFundMe, uh, which is also on Justice for Abdul Muhammad. We don't want y'all to wait. Go on Justice for Abdul Muhammad. You can sign the petition. Also, you, there's a, a link on the website where you can click on Mayor Brandon Johnson's name and you can send the mayor an email. All you got to do is click on his name. The email is going to populate. And then you click send. You don't have to write anything. If you want to, you can, but you don't have to. It's easy. You sign the petition. That takes 10 seconds. You can do that right now. Sign that petition. Boom. Click on Mayor J Brandon Johnson's name. An email is going to open up. You send the email. If you want to do your own email, that's fine. But we want to put pressure on these people to expose the lies and corruption of Chicago public schools. So, um, now, I just want to we're going to wrap it up, brothers and sisters. Uh, Attorney Crump, of course, is supporting me 100 uh, percent, uh, as well as Father Flager. We had a press conference with Attorney Crump uh, on July 6th uh, here in Chicago in, in front of Chicago Public Schools headquarters. Uh, Father Flager, who I've known Father Flager for at least 20 years. Um, you know, Father Flager definitely uh, is a supporter of this cause as well. And of course, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, brothers and sisters, uh, from day one, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has been uh, supporting me and giving me guidance and direction uh, to deal with this situation. Uh, on August 1st, this was the cover of the Chicago Sun-Times uh, from that July 6th press conference, an article written by Sarah Karp. In that article, Sarah Karp proved that Chicago public schools discriminates against Black people. Uh, in her article, she got the Freedom of Information Act and found out that of the 10 principles, I'm not the only principal that was removed. 10 principles were removed. Two of them were white, eight of them were black, right? So now black people are 80% of the principles that removed. One black woman and seven black men. So if you look at this chart, only 8% of the principals in Chicago public schools are black men. Only 8%. But there's 70% of the principles that are removed by Chicago public schools are black men. 
So what is that telling you? That's telling you that Chicago public schools leadership is targeting black men. And I'm telling you from my own experience, they're targeting us with false allegations to get us removed uh, from our schools to stop us. See, brothers and sisters, you look at the chaos that you see in the schools and in the streets. The chaos is there because they want the chaos there. Everywhere your brother has gone, the including Limbloom. Limbloom was having fights and madness and different things going on. And this is one of the best schools in the city. But they were having fights and students getting beat with locks. This is happening at one of the top schools in Chicago. And when your brother got to Limbloom, guess what? Shut it all down. Transform the school. Peace in the hallways. But, you know, brothers and sisters, they want the madness. They want the chaos. So what we want y'all to do, don't wait. Don't pause. Because you can listen to this and sign the petition. Sign the petition. Takes you 30 seconds. Email the mayor. Another 30 seconds. Click on his name. Email's going to populate. All you got to do is click send. If you want to make a donation, go to the GoFundMe. Don't make the donation on change.org. Go to GoFundMe. It's all on the same website, justiceforabdulmohammed.com, and you can make a donation there. All right? So um, that's the website, uh, brothers and sisters, justiceforabdulmohammed.com. I want to pause right here. I think that's the end. Yeah, that's the end. Um, and I know I've said a lot. I know I've said a lot. Of course, there's more that could be said, but I want to give you all an opportunity to ask any questions uh, that you may have um, regarding this situation and the fight and how we would definitely like you all to help us in this fight. And I want to say this before I, before we even open up for that. Uh, I'm not the only principal. There were uh, other principals that were removed. Uh, so we're fighting for all of these principals that were unjustly removed. Uh, by Chicago Public Schools. The the mayor, if you click on at that, if you go on the um, Justice for Abdul Muhammad, uh, it's number three on there. You say you don't see it. You, one is sign a petition. Two is to receive regular updates. We definitely want y'all to sign up for regular updates. Three is send an email to Mayor Brandon Johnson at the bottom of the page. You click on that link, letter for the mayor. All you have to do is click on it and it populates. It's right at the bottom of the page. Yeah, don't uh again, brothers and sisters, don't send the money to change.org because that money doesn't support this cause. Okay. Are you are you doing change.org? It's sign a petition. Nothing else. Just sign the petition. If you want to make a donation, go to the GoFundMe. So I open up for questions, brothers and sisters. If you have any questions, um, I definitely uh entertain those questions. Salam alaikum family. All phrases due to Allah for our brother here. Um, if y'all enjoyed this first, you know, definitely put some hand claps in the in the uh in the comment section. And if you have questions, drop a number one in the chat and we'll bring you on up um, so that you can ask your questions or share your comments. Appreciate you, brother. And while y'all are getting those questions together, I got to say this, that, you know, as Muslims, we're taught to fight with those who uh, fight with you. Uh, and so that's what we got to do, brothers and sisters. You know, we can't lay down. We got to fight. When we saw those when we saw the brothers and sisters in in Alabama, and we saw that fight, and all black people celebrated across the country and across the world because we saw black people standing up for one another, and that fight was a, a fight about disrespect at the at the end of the day. But this fight is for the minds of our children, which is a greater fight. So we definitely want you all to join the fight and make this fight uh, go viral. 
So uh, any questions, brother, you want to bring the brothers and sisters up? I'm ready for whatever questions they may have. Yes, sir. Let me turn the unmute off. We had the first sister, Yolanda. Assalamualaikum. Walaikum salam. Um, I appreciate you and I thank you for all the hard work that you have done and will continue to do with this situation at hand. But my question is, I did sign the petition and correct me if I'm wrong, do not go to the donate link on there uh, because I did. Yeah, let me let me. Is it a change.org or is it GoFundMe? Uh, it was via PayPal. Let me go back to my history. Change.org. Yeah, yes, no, sir. that's not the one. Um, sister, it is the GoFundMe. Uh, brother, brother Ben, can you Ouch. grab that GoFundMe link? So I will go in. I'll grab it, brother. Okay, yeah, it's the GoFundMe. Um, and so one of the things that we learned, because you know, all of this is learning. That, you know, when you do a petition on change.org, they ask for donations, but those donations just go to change.org. And I just found this out a week ago. Uh, we set up a GoFundMe to support this cause. Uh, so I'm letting people know here on out that if you want to make a donation, go to the GoFundMe to make a donation. Only thing you got to do on change.org is sign a petition. It take you 30 seconds. You don't have to make no donation. You don't have to give no money because that doesn't go to us. That only that goes to them. If you want to support us fighting and legal fees and things like that, uh, we want you to go to the GoFundMe. And uh, yes, so I know somebody's probably going to ask me, are we filing a lawsuit? Absolutely. Uh, Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan told me when I met with him on June 19th, he said, brother, this has to go to court. He said the entire uh, educational apparatus of Chicago must be sued. They are criminally corrupt. So absolutely, we're going to court. And brother uh, Saad Mohammed is uh, the attorney that is on this case, as well as attorney Ben Crump. Uh, Thank you so much for that information. I will cancel change.org and yes, go via um, the GoFundMe. I appreciate you once again. Juma Mubarak. Uh, yes, ma'am. Thank you. Juma Kareem. All right, Sister Yasina, you have next? Assalamualaikum. Uh, praise be to Allah. I have been following your case and I just want to commend you for not giving up because, you know, the, our fight is real, especially in the nation of Islam. Uh, you answered one of my questions as far as um, the legalities. Mm -hmm. My other question is for you specifically, what do you what do you see? for yourself going forward in this? That's a great question. So, you know, sister, you know, when, when we have these types of experiences, uh, it definitely reminds us that we got to do for self, right? And so I have been uh, collaborating with some other people on that because there's a big field out there for the education of our children. So that's something that I'm working with some brothers uh, on in the city of, brothers and sisters uh, on in the city of Chicago. Uh, so that's that on the education side, that's that. Uh, on for this particular uh, case, though, of course, as anybody who is innocent would do, uh, you know, I definitely have to clear my name uh, that they tried to throw dirt on. Um, so but as far as moving forward now, I, so the uh, one of our demands, right, is uh, if you go on the website, one of the demands is to have all the principles reinstated. Right. 
Uh, and that is something that only the mayor can do, right? So the, the Chicago Public Schools is not going to do anything because they're guilty, right? So they're not going to say, oh, you know, we made a mistake. You know, we realize you you were great. No, they're not going to do that. Uh, only the mayor has the power to uh, really rectify this on a political uh, side. That's why we have his name on the website. Um, you know, I don't know what the mayor's disposition is towards this. Uh, we talked to the mayor. Uh, when when he was candidate Brandon Johnson, I had a one-on-one -on -one meeting, Zoom call, just like we are on right now. It's just me and him. I let him know what was going on. He asked me, did you have any political support? I said, yes, I have the order woman and I got the state rep. Uh, he got elected mayor. We had a press conference at Father Flager's church on May 18th. Uh, May 19th, we had another Zoom. He's the mayor now. Uh, we had another Zoom uh, with the mayor. He listened. He really didn't say anything. He said that his people uh, would get back with us. Uh, so, you know, and I'm, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna throw the mayor under the bus, right? You know, I'm gonna give him an opportunity. I think he's had several opportunities, uh, to deal with this particular situation, but that is one of, one of the demands that we're asking for the body of principles because the principles were unfairly targeted and removed from the school and the people that did this, they need to be fired. Because these teachers that lied on me, they lied and they knew that they were lying. The law department knew that they were lying and went with the lie. My network chief knew that they were lying and went with the lie. So all of those people got to be fired. So that's 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 our demand. So just to put that in there as well. Um, so did I answer your question? Yes, sir. Thank yes, you. Thank you. All right. Next, we have Brother Daniel 6X. All praises due to Allah. Assalamualaikum, great brother. How you doing, sir? Waalaikum salam, my brother. How are you? Um, always inspired to hear, great brother, and um, to see how your faith and works is consummate to yes, what sir. we should be striving to do as FOI is is a beautiful thing. Um, I'm reminded of what the minister shared in the 17 minute press release. Right. When he said in Matthew 5, blessed are ye. That's right. When men shall revile you and speak all matters evil against you for my name's sake. Right. My question is, um, clearly you got the faith and you're doing the works. I wanted to know what's the backdrop to what gives you that fabric of faith. What do you do? Your, 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 what do you do daily that gives you that, that zeal, that practice, that faith, when you go and you make this type of transformative work, which is what the FOI should be doing. Uh, I'll tell you this, brother, and brother Troy, when I, in the first video, I don't know if you were on when we first started, uh, when we got the press conference, the root of everything that I do is that I love my people. And I'm just going to tell y'all, it may like, maybe that's not the answer that some of y'all want to hear, because you see love as some emotion that people talk about in movies, you know, and that's not the love that I'm talking about. Uh, the love that I'm talking about is freedom, justice, and equality. So I love black people. I love black children. And when you love somebody, see, love is the greatest creative power in the universe, right? So now, Ja Rule, I, if, you, if you don't like Ja Rule, just let me make the point. Ja Rule had an album and the name of that album was Pain and Love. Because these two things cause creativity. When you are in pain, right? 
So like one of my favorite rap songs is Many Men by 50 Cent, right? Many Men, Wish Death Upon Me. You can hear in the song the pain that that brother was going through when he experienced that, right? And what connects you to the song is his expression of that pain that he was going through. That connects you, right? Because that creativity of get rich or die trying, right, was born out of what? Out of a whole bunch of pain, right? So pain is a creative force, right? But the greatest is not the greatest, but it is, right? The greatest creative force in the universe is love, right? Pain will make you do some stuff that you didn't think you could do or would do. Some of us do a lot of stupid stuff because we in pain. That's why we smoke back to back, right? Because we're trying to alleviate the pain of our existence, right? So now, just like pain is a creative force, love is a creative force. Love gives you the ability to do greater things than pain would give you to do, right? So when you, like, I love Black people. I love Black children. People talk so bad about black children, and I disagree with you 100%. Oh, you can't, they savages. They, no, I disagree with you 100%. Ain't no hope for them. I disagree. I work with them all my life. I work with the so called worst ones that shut up the block that killed. I work with all of them. And because the, the love that I have for them is so great that. The, the things that I do, right, came out of the love, right? So when the students came to me, they said, Muhammad, we want to do a battle rap. That wasn't my idea. They came with that idea. I just took the idea, right, out of my love, right, and organized the idea and did it and then added bring two canned goods to it, right? But it was their idea, but I did it because I love them. Why did I take them on? Every field trip to every, because I love them. And I said, look, ain't no love like, oh, I'm just going to do, no, no. In order to go with me, right? In order to go in the public with Muhammad, you got to be at the top of the class. No behavior, but like, come on, man. Like, I'm not just co-signing foolishness. We never went in public and were embarrassed because of the behavior of black children, because I gave them uh, an expectation that they had to reach before I took them on a field trip. I just didn't grab any rapper for the battle rap. Oh, you you just got in a fight, you gang banging, you sagging your pants, you shooting up the block, you smoking weed in the school. Oh yeah, but you can be in a battle rap because I love you. That ain't love. Love is gonna raise an expectation. Look, to do this, I need you to do that. And if you do that, then you can do this. That's love. If you just, man, love ain't that little weak stuff that we talk about. There's a, that's not love. I'm sorry, brothers and sisters. Love is going to put a demand on the one you love. You a husband, you a wife, right? You in a relationship, but you don't want a demand put on you. That's not love. Love puts demands on people. God loves you. Does God put demands on you? He wants you to pray five times a day. He wants you to fast during Ramadan. Right, exactly. Love is an action word. Love is not what you say. Love is what you do. So you ain't got to ask, man, does Muhammad, do you love black people? You can look at my work and my work bears witness to this great 
love. So, uh, you know, brother, I'm not waking up doing jumping jacks and stuff like that. You know, I'm not. But I will say this. When I got to Julian, I did start training in martial arts because I'm not taking an L. I'm sorry. And that's love, too. I ain't taking no L from nobody. So I started training and you, did it come in? It, did it come in handy? Absolutely. If you're not training, I'm telling you, you need to train because even though you love your people doesn't mean that your people love you and they may do something crazy and you may have to deal with them. So, yeah, I was training and people got dealt with. I'm just going to put it like that. Uh, so but all of that's love, brothers and sisters. So the thing that motivates me is the love that I have for my people and the love that I have for my children. What is the root of everything that the minister does? The root of everything that he does is love. What is the root of everything that the most honorable Elijah Muhammad did? The root of it is love. What is the root of Master Fahd Muhammad coming 9,000 miles to save us? Brothers and sisters, We some of us won't go nine miles, right? This man went 9,000, the root of everything that he did and they did is love. So that's my motivation, brothers and sisters. I love my people. And with love, you don't have to have all the answers. See, if you have love and you don't have all the answers, then the answers will come, right? Because you have love. But if you have all the answers and you don't have love, guess what? You have nothing. So the white folks do all the research and they do all the data and they get all the PhDs, but, and they in the schools, just like me, with black children, with all the research, the data, the PhDs and all of that, but they can't do nothing with them because they don't love them. But I love them. So like, you know, that's my motivation is my love for my people. I hope I answered your question, my brother. All oh, praises due to Allah. Yes, sir. Uh, Sister Sabrina, go ahead. Assalamu alaikum, family, and assalamu alaikum, brother Abdul. Wa alaikum salam, my sister. I don't have a question. I just wanted to say that um, I'm keeping you in my prayers. Thank you. I and I wanted that. to say that you have Definitely. already won. Yes, Because any time that you can go into any, I don't want to use the word ghetto, but any district where our young brothers and sisters are suffering, and you can change that around and make them better, even if it's just one. But you have changed many of souls. You've already won. No yes, matter what they think, what they say, you've already won. Because it's going to be, because you have changed so many souls, you have made a lot of brothers, a lot of sisters, a mini-me of you. I know that's not a good term to use, but... You have already reproduced you yes, in them. Praise so you. they them coming after you, <clears throat> excuse me, they're going to have to come after all of them. Yes, ma'am. Because they're going to grow up and they're going to remember you. You already remember. You have done your job and you continue to do it. So you have already won. Yes, and on top you. of that, everything that you're doing has shown us that the minister has been teaching this and been saying this from day one. These people are not for us. We need That's to right. separate. We need Absolutely. to do what we need to do for ourselves. Absolutely. Your situation and plenty others have just shown us that That's he's right. on point. He's teaching us. We just have to stand up. 
That's right. And we have to fight because it's not going to stop with you. It's going right. to continue on. So we got to keep pushing. That's we right. got to back you on this. So That's when right. I saw the story a year ago, whatever, I'm like, wow, because I know you from just being on, you know, teachings in your, your, your videos and just the way you teach. And I was just in appalled because I'm like, wow, they got this brother. But yes, you're, man. you're doing what they don't do. And it's just verification that you're, you're on point. You're going right. to win. Praise you have man. already won. So we're Thank not you. even worried. Yes, we're going to make them crack or suffer. I ain't going to use that word. Yes, ma'am. Well, sister, uh, I definitely appreciate uh, your support. I definitely need hey. your prayers. And, um, you know, the I'm going to tell you all this because I, the, you know, and I haven't said a lot of this on the Zoom, but uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, I've been in communication with him since the very beginning, since I first got to Limblum. And uh, when I first got there, when I say first got there, this is July and the minister calls me on the phone where right? I get a call from the Messiah on the phone. And because uh, I sent him an email and he he's telling me like how to smooth things over because there's all this resistance. I, at that time, I don't understand it because I'm just walking in the door. But there's all this resistance to me being there. Right. And he's telling me how to smooth things. Over. Well, just tell them that, you know, you honor the previous principles that came before you and you just want to make the students better and you want to continue the legacy of the people. that. So he's giving me words to say to smooth things over. Then right at the end of the conversation, he says, brother, uh, they're going to work to undermine everything that you do. He did one of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad. He said that just hung the phone up, right? And I, brothers and sisters, I didn't even remember that because I'm writing notes as I'm talking to him. I don't remember that. I looked at the notes and it's right there in my face, right? He says, brother, they're going to try to undermine everything that you do. That was in July of 2022, right? In August of 2022, I'm at the farm with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, just me and him. We have a conversation, right? At the end of the conversation, the minister says, brother, I don't know what they're going to do, but they can't leave you at Limbloom. And again, because we were, I was I'm with him for two or three hours and I'm writing notes and I, and I wrote the notes down, but it's not in the forefront of my mind. And then one day I'm reading the notes as I'm going through this trial, I'm reading the notes and it's right there. He said, brother, I don't know what they're going to do. This is August before everything started happening. He said, brother, I don't know what they're going to do, but they can't leave you at Limbloom, right? So then uh, they removed me on March 31st. And I get a call from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on April 11th, right? The Messiah calls me on the phone again, right? And I'm on the phone with him in the scripture that the brother just said. Brother just said the scripture. The minister quoted that scripture to me on the phone. He said it a little different. He said, brother, blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and speak all manner of evil against you falsely for his name's sake. That's how he said it. Then he said, they're only doing it because of him and the teaching, meaning most honorable Elijah Muhammad, him and the teachings and me. This is what he said, right? So this is Ramadan when I'm on the phone with him. So I say, brother minister, my spirit is to fight. He said, brother, that's the right spirit. 
He said, brother, are you familiar with those brothers in Tennessee? I don't know if you all are familiar with the brothers that got kicked out of the state house. He said, brother, those spirit, those brothers have the spirit of Joshua. They're not like the other Negroes in Tennessee. Well, you know, Joshua was a fighter, right? So he said that the man kicked them out of the state house, but one is back and the other one is on his way. He said, brother, my point to you is that it backfired. He said, brother, this will backfire. That was on April 11th, right? Then when I had a meeting with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on June 19th, Juneteenth, right, of 20 this year, he said to me, he, he said a lot of things to me, brothers and sisters. But here's one of the things, and I'll go to the next question. He said, uh, brother, uh, Allah is going to clear me of all the false charges, just like he's going to clear you of all the false charges. So I'm only saying that to say, sister, that the victory is already ours. We have to just do the fight. But it's not just my fight, right? So if you saw me on the street and you saw seven white people trying to stomp me out, and I'm fighting seven white people by myself. That's not just my fight. You shouldn't look and say, man, I hope brother had some bean soup last night. So he's strong enough to fight off these seven white. No, sir. No, ma'am. We all, no questions asked. We all need to jump in the fight. This is the fight. And why are they fighting me? Because I'm a Muslim. Because I'm a student of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. That's the root cause of their opposition to me, but I'm not going to lay down and none of us should lay down. We should be fighting them every day. So I'm going to go to the next uh, question. Yeah, we got to get on that Montgomery protocol. I'm throwing the hat up in the air. I'm on the dock of black education fighting for our children. Yes. And you got seven white people that are attacking me after 25 years of great work and they attacking me. We need to join the fight. Somebody need to grab the chair and just handle the business. We'll bail you out. <laughs> oh praise is due to a lot not not the best signal the black signal you know right, we'll, right. we'll call it out um next we have brother christian you still on yes sir um peace family uh brother do i wanted to thank you for hopping on the call this morning and i wanted to apologize i had to step away for a moment but yeah. i wanted to share something that resonated with me to where i had to take notes i'm always taking notes due to the power call yes, um sir. you had mentioned um during your interview, when you actually were making a decision based on wearing a suit and bow, and you'll actually give it away to you're a Muslim at this time, and then you uh, remember that they actually asked you illegal questions at the interview. I I wrote this down because me personally, I be having them Negro thoughts. Brother Ben be talking about all the time. Look, man, I'm I'm still learning. I'm young, you know what I mean. I be having them Negro thoughts. Like me personally, in this situation, in a younger stage, like I might have responded the wrong way, but I admired you for instead of like letting those thoughts get the best of you because you could have took it a different way you were like yes sir and actually process what he was saying you you knew you peeped game you knew exactly what he was trying to do he's trying to get you out of character so right you know i i um i took note of that because it's something that i can continue to work on right and that's yes, something that you know i feel like a lot of people in the young generation need to work on too we don't always have to respond that's like right. sometimes we just have to simply just see it exactly for what it is and then that's proceed right. and then this is what i'm gonna close with you said one of the students had, um, you know, responded after um, 
um, given the question, you were like, what can I do to improve my class? Yes, sir. I like how open you were to actually continue to grow and remain a student because as a teacher, like in my experience of going to school, I've had teachers to where I felt like they weren't open to do something like that. So like yes. the fact that you were willing to learn and observe your students, I think that was a great way to continue to establish that connection. Hence to why you got those rewards. And, you know, I, at the, you know, I'm actually blown away at the fact that you even, you know, had to go through what you've gone through to this day, like the substantial work you've done. It doesn't make sense for you to actually be in this position now. But I pray Allah doesn't take his hand off you, brother. Yes, sir. I, I, man, I, I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. You know, one of the things we got to fight, brother Christian, is white supremacy. Right. And white supremacy hates black excellence. So even though, brother, like like uh, the, the work that I've done, and I'm just giving you all highlight the highlight reel of the work that I've done. Uh, I have videos of all the years of these things that I've done with, with my students at, at all of these different schools. Right. So, um, but if I, if I was white, right. If I was white and I did one eighth of the work that I've done as a black man, then I would be recognized the world over. Oprah would have me on her television show. I'd be on Oprah's couch. I'd be on the cover of people. Mac. You see what I'm saying? Because white supremacy never wants to acknowledge black excellence. So why, and I'm gonna give you an example that, that you all can relate to. Why does a man like Floyd Mayweather have to sit down with a white interviewer and explain to the white interviewer that he's the best to ever do it, right? It is because what white people will always do is they're always going to try to diminish you and say that you're not what God made you. So when black excellence presents itself, then white supremacy rears its head to destroy black. This is why black children, most of them hate school. Why? Because they go to school young with confidence, thinking that they can do anything. And what does the teacher do? The teacher puts a needle in that student's brain and destroys that student's confidence. I give you the example that we all know, Malcolm X. Malcolm went to school, said he wanted to be a lawyer to his teacher, his white teacher. And what did his white teacher say? Brother, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get you these books. I'm going to help you go to college. We're going to put you on a path so that you can be a lawyer. Absolutely not. Malcolm's teacher didn't do that. Malcolm's teacher put a needle in Malcolm's brain and destroyed his confidence in himself by saying, you know what? White people are not going to hire a black lawyer and black people are not going to hire a black lawyer but you work well with your hands, you should be a carpenter. And that was the day that Malcolm X dropped out of school. That's the school to prison pipeline right there. Everybody talk about the school to prison pipeline. I actually worked for 25 years to destroy the school to prison pipeline and the white people are fighting me. What does that tell you? That they want that pipeline in place. So the the whenever black excellence shows itself, white supremacy shows itself, to try to diminish black excellence and say that you're not what God made you. The same thing happened with the minister. When he told his teacher, Miss Hurley, that he wanted to be a doctor. His Miss Hurley, I think she was his fifth grade teacher, said, Oh, you'll never be a doctor, Lewis. But you play the violin so beautifully. So what? Entertain white folks. That's all they want us for. So that's what we're dealing with, brother. And I definitely thank you uh, for your question and comment. All praises due to Allah. I, I appreciate Brother Christian sharing that as well, because that's something that I stand on as well. Wherever I go, I'm going to have my bow tie on and my suit. And even when the uh, atmosphere 
in in corporate America, they, you know, they get a little more slack now. And they're like, oh, you can come in, especially after COVID. You can come in how you want to. Well, this is how I want to come in. So I appreciate right. you sharing that as well. Um, next, we have Brother Samuel. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Abdul. Wa alaikum salam, my brother. Yes, sir. I, I, I had one of those stories, too, second grade, uh, a similar story, what you couldn't become. <laughs> right, right. And I've been teaching like 20 years. But I guess my question would come around the fact that um, are you see yourself in the near future in the process of producing, say, a book? Because this is, uh, 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 to me, is a, a lot of knowledge that you're learning Absolutely. that can be shared. And yeah. I have one, like, for, for number one, you're out-of-the-box ideas, right? I'm, I'm always a student. So I'm always trying to learn more, right, as teachers do, right? Uh, number two, the battle rap competition. You got a rubric for some of this kind of stuff. Number three, how do you balance keeping the standards done? Come my students say the same thing. Man, we just want you to talk. I say, I got to teach you a little math so you can learn the real math, you know? Right, right. Uh, number four, I said, is... Uh, uh, five, uh, what are effective methods as you're de learning to develop and to fight this white, corrupt white supremacy system so we can get what we need to get done? So I'll put them real quick in the chat. Boom, yeah. some of the questions. And that way, I know I did it real fast. I'm trying to. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, like the, the, the ideas, I really got those ideas from the students. I just always, so here's what I'll say real quick, brother. And, um, I got to jump off because I got to take my children to their class. So I do apologize, brothers and sisters. Uh, but to answer your question, um, the every year at the end of the year, I will make a list of things that I every year as a teacher, I make a list of things that I did that I thought went very well that impacted student learning. Right. And I will make a list of things that I tried to do, but it didn't go the way I wanted. So it's like in between. Then I made a list of the things that I did that were like failures, right? Because the part of teaching is, is like it's science, right? So science is experimentation. If you are afraid to experiment, then you're not going to get the results. So the reason that I'm the teacher that I am today is from years of experimentation, right? And all sometimes experiments blow up in your face. And if you say, oh, man, it blew up in my face. So, you know, I mean, then and you just give up. Then you're not a scientist, right? Because a scientist is going to keep going, right? That's so right. but over the years, I did that every year. And over the years, the list of things that I did that worked that worked well got longer and longer, right? The things that I needed to modify got shorter and shorter. And the things that blew up in my face, right, got shorter and shorter. So then by the, at a certain point, I had a long list of everything that I knew that worked. But that's from reflecting on my experience and looking at what I did. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so you have to be scientific. Um, the rubric for the battle rap, I could, brother, I could do the battle rap in my sleep. Um, absolutely. So paperwork, all of that. Yes, sir. So, um, the, so here's the thing, brother, you have standards that you have to teach, right? So, and so what I told my students, cause if you're in the public school, then it's not your school. So you have to do what the district says you have to do. Right. So I told my students, cause you, children, they understand. I said, look, there's two things I have to teach you. I have to teach you what the state says you need to know. And it ain't all bad, right? It's not all bad. Right, right. But I also have to teach you what you absolutely must know, right? Which is the knowledge of who you are. And the only way that I can do that is if you cooperate. I can teach you what the state says you need to know. And I can teach you what you must know. But brother, what I'm not going to do is I'm not going to spend the whole class period talking because students love that, right? 
And then they'll see, you got to understand they play games at the same time. They just don't want to do no work. Still. Is he going to talk? That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you understand? So we just let him talk. Too. Then we got, right. no, no, I'm not that person. Right. So we're going to do as much as I love, right? So right. we're going to do this, this black history fact, right? And we're going to do it and it's going to be done. And then we're doing what the state says that right. you need to learn. I did not teach them what the state said they needed to know. I taught them that as well as what I know they needed to know within that 50 minute class period. So I didn't sacrifice one for the other. But again, that's going to take time and balance. Right. right. And the, the more you do it, then uh, the better you'll become. Um, yeah, there is a book coming out. And then, um, you know, brother, I would just say with fighting corruption, you just got to stand on truth, brother. You know what I'm saying? You got to stand on truth and you got to understand that the enemy is always trying to come against effective black leadership. So don't open yourself up. Like I never did anything wrong because not that I wanted to do anything wrong, but I knew the enemy was watching. Right. So, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Like, like, could nobody, nobody ever came to me talking about throwing some money my way or none of that. Right. If they, they never came to me, but if they did, I wasn't going to do it. So, um, because right. I already knew like, like they reading your emails, like, come on, man. Like it's, it's their <laughs> system. So yeah, don't get involved in, in the corruption. Um, brothers and sisters, I got to wrap it up. I apologize. Uh, I got to take my children. They, mad right now because they supposed to be at the little class so um yes this sir, is we, just on my desk that's all yes so oh, we, right, we right. definitely yeah, appreciate so, um, <laughs> yeah we yeah, definitely so, appreciate you brother um, abdul go ahead so again last thing brothers and sisters and i thank brother ben and your whole team for your support letting me come on the power call um again i spent my whole life educating black children uh, we want y'all to join the fight. Don't stand on the sidelines. Go to justiceforabdulmohammed.com. Sign the petition only. Sign the petition. You can register so we can stay in touch with you on that website. Uh, if you want to make a donation, go to the, the GoFundMe, right? You can click on that GoFundMe link. Uh, we also want you to send a letter to the mayor. Uh, if you click on that link, you can send a letter to the mayor. Uh, there's videos on Justice for Abdul Muhammad. You can post those videos on social media. Because what Chicago Public Schools is trying to do, they're trying to cover everything up. We want to expose it as much as we can. So if you have other people that you think that can put this story out there, other podcasts, news, whatever, uh, we want to jump on those podcasts. I've been on a lot of different shows because we want to expose Chicago Public Schools as best we can. And the way we do that is by putting it in the light. And I'm going to end with this. And I do have to roll, brothers and sisters. Uh, I was with the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan on August 26th of this year at, you know, at the family outing. And I said, Brother Minister, he said, Brother, how's it going? I said, we fighting, Brother Minister, but they're trying to cover everything up. He said, well, brother, that's to be expected. He said, but when this thing pops, it's all over with. So, brothers, the only way that, brothers and sisters, the only way that it's going to pop is if we continue to apply pressure and not let up. So we're all in this fight together and we're fighting for the education of our children in our own community. So I'm gonna have to leave you all because I got to run. Uh, Brother Ben, I'm gonna jump off uh, if that's okay. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Can you hear me? Oh, man, my bad. I've been sitting here talking and y'all can't even hear me. 
My bad. I was on mute. I, I unmuted my thing. I was I was wondering why you was... I said, he can't hear me. But yeah, man, we definitely appreciate you and uh, coming yes, on, sir. sharing this. And I thank Brother Wesley for taking over doing that uh, with the people giving their feedback. Uh, as always, I will put the link to where you guys can support them on the website, on the Power Call, so you guys can go sign your petitions. Make sure you go sign that petition on the website. I've done that. And those who want to donate, you can do that as well. And uh, as always, we appreciate you, Brother Abdul Muhammad. Yes, sir. Thank you, my brother. And I, I appreciate you as well. And y'all keep up the good work. I love y'all. Yes, sir. Likewise. As-salamu alaykum. Well, Man, I've been sitting in here talking and responding. I'm like, well, y'all can't hear me. <laughs> All right, y'all. So I appreciate y'all for uh, tuning in to this morning's Power Call. We will see you guys on Monday, 8 a.m. Central Time. Uh, brother Wesley did it for you already. Okay, he already put it in there. Great. Praise be to Allah. So thank you all, and we'll see you guys, inshallah, uh, Monday, 8 a.m. Central Time. Make sure that you invite somebody to the Power Call. If you're interested in attending study group tonight, go to www.noistudygroup.com, www.noistudygroup.com, so that we can, we can get you that link uh, so that you can get signed up and um, not join, but go check out your local Muhammad Master Study Group if that's something you're interested in. Assalamu alaikum. Is Brother Ben here? Brother Ben. Now, Ben got a heck of a program. A lot of people listening to Brother Ben. And Ben tells them about the minister. And Ben tells them about the minister.